2: Don't ask me why, but they have an ability once absorbed into the system of actually acting like an estrogen and they can latch on or bind to the cell, the receptor side of a cell that Mm -hmm. accepts an estrogen and actually block a naturally occurring estrogen from getting in there and instead overstimulate the cell and create all kinds of havoc. And there are many, many things that, that are estrogen mimickers. I always tell people go to ewg.org environmental working group. Mm -hmm. They are alerting people to all the different chem, all the different products. They even have something called skin deep where you Mm -hmm. can check out your makeup. Yep. You know, is it toxic? How how many xenoestrogens are in it? Mm -hmm. And that's tricky because the Cosmetic Safety Act was passed in 1938. It's 80 years old and it hasn't been updated.
1: You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. welcome to She. Hey, thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. This is a topic I love talking about, so I'm excited to learn from you. But before we dig in, can you share a bit of your background and what it is that you do?
2: Thanks, Jordan, for the, for the opportunity. I always am happy to spread the word about hormones and hormone balance. So my background really is that I had a lot of years having too much fun skiing in Colorado, and I really <laughs> injured my knees doing Mm -hmm. that. And so I got into this spiral. This is when I was in my twenties of doing lots of cortisone injections so that I could keep skiing because I was actually teaching and you know, I was in pain. And so I kept doing these things and I had an operation or two. And then at some point I just thought, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. I need to do something natural. So I went on a juice detox and I I started reading more. And this is back in the Mm seventies actually. I started reading more about natural health. There was a book out by Pavo Arola that talked about biological health. And these were new subjects then. And I decided to get a master's degree to to go on in my education, get a master's degree in health education Mm -hmm. so that I could become, you know, an educator and help people maintain their health and prevent Mm -hmm. preventable disease. So I got this master's degree and in my and then somewhere in there, my husband and I moved to England. And I ended up working at a magazine that is the the equivalent of consumer reports in this country. So I was writing Mm -hmm. a lot about different health aspects, you know, all the different ways and means of staying healthy and then when we got back to the states 13 years later by then I had two children and I waited I was one of those late moms and I um, was 40 I was in my mid-40s moving into perimenopause unbeknownst to me because Mm -hmm. I wasn't tuned into hormones at that time and Mm -hmm. I was you know I always tell this tale I was scaring my children with my Mm -hmm. mood swings and my PMS having a hot flash every 20 minutes. And, you know, I just remember one day, my daughter, Ryan, looking at me with tears in her eyes. She was Mm -hmm. only four years old and I could see that she was scared of me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I decided to start specializing and learning more about hormones as my health educator Mm -hmm. role morphed into becoming a specialist in hormones. And the way that happened is that I got in touch with, Some of the people, the gurus that were in the field of hormone balance at the time where there was this awareness just coming out that, you know, there is such a thing as hormone imbalance. Mm -hmm. There's a way to test for it. There's a way to rebalance our hormones through Mm -hmm. lifestyle and supplements. And this was all kind of new information and it was segueing in with bad news about synthetic hormone replacement therapy that hit the headlines big time and showed that, you know, there were significant risks that were greater than benefits for women that were using these, you know, synthetic chemicals mm-hmm. for years and years and years. So I got into it and I ended up being the director of education at one of the biggest hormone testing labs in the country, oh, wow. a ZRT Lab, and that's the mm-hmm. testing lab that I use now. But in those 10 years that I was their director of education, I was mentored by Dr. David Zava, who ran the lab, who is a biochemist, a breast cancer researcher. And in that 10 years, there was this explosion Mm -hmm. of integrative healthcare, of functional medicine, Mm -hmm. and of a new approach to dealing with women's reproductive health and hormones. So that's what I've been doing ever since. At some point, some years ago, I, I decided to get into my own consulting practice because when I was at ZRT as a director of a department, yes, I was doing a lot of communication and talking and, mm-hmm. you know, spreading being the word about the importance of hormone balance to your health and longevity, but I wasn't getting to talk to the women that were like me who were going through perimenopause or menopause and then who always say to this day, no one's listening. Mm-hmm. I can't there's no one I can talk to. I can't find anybody that doesn't tell me it's this isn't all in my head. Mm-hmm. So some five plus years ago, I started Your Hormone Balance, which is on our, you know, it's a website, it's Mm -hmm. an Instagram, thanks to my daughters who are actively Mm -hmm. involved. And we have testing and home test kits, salivary testing, which we can talk more about. We do consulting on the phone for people who want to desperately want to talk to somebody who Mm -hmm. have burning questions who want to go through their test results. Mm -hmm. We have a rebalancing guide with all the good stuff, the natural, non-synthetic ways and lifestyle Mm -hmm. ways to get, you know, replenish your hormones and to get balanced. So that's really, that's me now. And I'm I'm actually very, I've been in menopause for many years now. So I I counsel women in menopause and much younger women too, because I have two daughters that are in their thirties and -hmm. they're very interested in Putting this out for women their age too. And as it happens, this hormones just aren't just about menopause, <laughs> you know?
1: Right, right. Yeah. Well, you have such a, a fascinating story and history with kind of what brought you to what you're doing now. And, you know, I'm just thankful that you are because it is truly an area that I think more and more women are wanting to understand in terms of understanding their own body and understanding their bio, you know, their biology and how to better support yeah. their body. But it can just be so hard to, to know where to start with that. So I love the work that you're doing. I'm excited to really get to dig in. And I want to ask kind of a first, I have like, my brain is immediately like, oh my gosh, there's 7,000 things I want to ask her. But the first question I want to <laughs> kind of dig into is yeah. what are some of you, you mentioned hormone ba- imbalances. So I would love if you can okay. share some of the top hormone imbalances that you see women of all ages struggling with, but you know, women across the board, what are some of the top hormone imbalances you see and what symptoms you know, do they how do they manifest in terms of symptoms? Like what, how can you sometimes, how could you even maybe guess like, oh, maybe there's a hormone imbalance going on?
2: Yeah, well, I should mention right off that on our website, there's a great symptom quiz. So that's a good place to go to put in all your symptoms and to see if you're likely to have an imbalance that could be confirmed through testing. But, you know, we we test estrogen and progesterone, which are the master female hormones, testosterone and DHEA, which are what we call the androgen anabolic hormones that build and maintain muscle and bone density. And we test all the court in our basic test, um, mm-hmm. We also test the four cortisols that are the mm. adrenal hormones that reflect adrenal function and stress levels mm. so we so there's a there's a four step you know morning noon evening bedtime testing in the privacy of your own home at the optimal time during the right time of your cycle so from those test results that are processed by ZRT we have lab results and we have a correlation with symptoms that show us. Which are the, you know, what are the imbalances that are linked particularly to the symptoms that women have? Mm-hmm. And what we see, what I see with um, women of all ages are lots of imbalances between estrogen and progesterone. So in younger women, it's often because they've maybe they've been on birth control for a long time because Mm they had acne or they had heavy periods and that's always the default. They're put on birth control, Mm -hmm. which I have to say is not the best way to get hormones Mm -hmm. back in in balance. Mm -hmm. That imbalance can is often a lack of progesterone because this gets into the fact that First of all, women on birth control aren't ovulating and then younger women who aren't on birth control, you know, women in their 20s and 30s who are still Mm premenopausal, they should be ovulating every cycle. But the truth is many women are not ovulating every Mm -hmm. cycle or if they're ovulating, they're not producing enough of the hormone that is produced upon ovulation, which is progesterone. Mm -hmm. And this is important because progesterone is a benign balancing hormone and its first job is to balance the activity of estrogen. Estrogen is a fundamental growth hormone. It grew all of our female organs, mm-hmm. our breasts, our uterus, our, you know, it's our curves. It's mm-hmm. all that stuff that makes us female, but estrogen is a growth hormone. and It has to be mm-hmm. kept in check or mm-hmm. else you're talking about, you know, everything from when you have too much estrogen, which I see more often than I see too little estrogen. Mm-hmm. Too little estrogen, estrogen deficiency is often more related to menopause, but even women in menopause, are often what we call estrogen dominant because they're not ovulating. Obviously, in menopause, you're not ovulating anymore, so you're not making any progesterone. Mm -hmm. And women who are being exposed to estrogens in the environment or who have a lot of fat cells, maybe who are overweight, they're making a lot of estrogen. Mm -hmm. So, commonly, I see estrogen dominance. And those symptoms are in younger women, women who are still cycling, that's the the all, you know, the all important period, which Mm -hmm. now is heavy, painful, crampy. And a lot of women say to me, I thought that was just normal. My mom Mm -hmm. always had that. Mm -hmm. It's not normal to have heavy, crampy, painful periods. That's too much estrogen Mm -hmm. thickening the lining of the, the endometrium and causing a really heavy period and not enough progesterone to stop that constant Mm -hmm. thickening. Mm -hmm. So heavy, painful periods are numero one, PMS, really bad PMS with sore, sore, tender boobs, Mm -hmm. bloating, weight gain during your period, unaccounted for weight gain, sudden weight gain, and weight gain that you can't shift, weight gain that wants to go to the hips, the thighs, the bottom. That's all Mm -hmm. estrogen dominance. And there are Related issues with thyroid when one is estrogen dominant. So you can be estrogen dominant if your estrogen is high, or you can be estrogen dominant if your estrogen is within range, but your progesterone is so low that -hmm. relatively speaking, the estrogen is in excess. Mm -hmm. That's a very common mother of all hormone imbalances that we see in women of all ages. Mm -hmm. And then I see estrogen deficiency imbalances with women who are on birth control or who are in menopause who are very may may be very thin, so there's mm-hmm. no fat there to to churn out some estrogen. Mm-hmm. And those women can have I see the symptoms can be the same with women that are young or in menopause when estrogen is too low. And that's things like dry skin, dry hair, just dryness, vaginal dryness, nails that are breaking and brittle, memory lapse, just feeling foggy brained. Mm-hmm all, you know, estrogen deficiency is really not, you know, ha- not having much of a flow at all or missing missing your periods. And then there's testosterone and, S- and DHEA, which are those hormones I mentioned that build and maintain bone density, lean muscle, and they also have to do a lot with drive. Mm-hmm. So, we look at testosterone and DHEA in terms of your, your sex drive, your libido, your, your competitive drive, mm-hmm. your ambition, your strength, your stamina, your even your cognition, like how well do you focus and mm-hmm. process information and remember things and concentrate. That's all to do with the testosterone and, and uh, DHEA. And often those can be low, especially in people that have low libido or who are just exhausted all the time, don't have much stamina. They're, they're, not, they're losing lean muscle and fat is rushing in to replace it. They're tired. They don't have a good metabolic rate, so it's hard for them to lose weight. And they don't have that strength, like just carrying groceries into the house can make them feel mm-hmm. weak and tired. Or they don't have much tolerance for exercise and just don't have the strength and the energy. On the flip side, high levels of these androgens can be linked to PCOS, mm-hmm. polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm-hmm. where you've got too, ma- too many androgens and not enough estrogen and progesterone to grow the egg and the ovary properly. So women start to get, instead of one nice egg mm-hmm. that's going to hatch when you ovulate, you're mm-hmm. growing lots of cysts that are putting out more and more androgens and we're getting into a problem with you know infertility, lack of periods, edgy, irritable, angry, aggressive feelings, facial hair in excess or body hair. Mm -hmm. This is where women have, you know, this is a real link to acne. So it's really important to find out if that's what's going on before you're put on a pill or spironolactone to lower your androgens, you know, find out if there's an imbalance there that we can mm-hmm. take steps to to re- retrieve or restore. And then the cortisols, which are a reflection of your, your stress hormones and your adrenal function. A lot of people say, I'm so shocked that my adrenal levels are low. I thought they'd be, you know, over the moon mm-hmm. and off the rooftops because I'm so stressed and I'm so anxious and I don't sleep. But often people who have been going through that for a long time have adrenals that are actually kind of wilted. You know, mm-hmm. they, they pump, yep. if you think of the adrenals as these, these small but mighty little glands that sit on top of the kidneys and they're like a bellows and they're pumping, pumping, pumping for us, getting us up in the morning, moderating our insulin and, and blood sugar, which is the key to our energy and our feeling of stability. They're also moderating our sleep-wake wake cycle, which is key to how, we, how well we sleep or how badly we sleep. And then also appetite hormones are are, are stuck in with the sleep wake cycle. So how much hunger we feel or how often we have cravings and overeating can be linked to cortisol imbalances. And mm-hmm. of course your immunities because the uh, the adrenals regulate the immune response. So mm-hmm. so adrenal issues can show up big time. We're looking for a curve where the cortisol awakening response, which should be that your cortisol is highest in the morning. So you're bounding out of bed, you're ready for your day, you're energized. And then it kind of goes slowly down gradually to the lowest point at night for calming and sleep. I often, often see the reverse of that. Mm -hmm. So there's low levels in the morning. This person is telling me they are dragging out of bed. They didn't sleep well at night because their levels at night are high. Mm -hmm. And so instead of cortisol, going back into its cave and melatonin taking over at night. Now we've got cortisol rampaging. So Mm -hmm. you're tired during the day and ready to run a marathon at night. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that we see repeatedly. In fact, I I rarely see in this go-go world with all this ambient stress and the anxiety that has been with us since the pandemic and all the uncertainty, I really see more and more often cortisol levels that are not following that normal diurnal curve.
1: I believe they're either
2: too low or too high or they're flatlined or, you know, they're either flatlined high. So they're elevated all the time Mm -hmm. or they're flatlined low. Mm-hmm. and either way you've got you know attendant symptoms and mm-hmm. and this is crucial because it has a lot to do with ovulation if we're stressed we're not ovulating you know and and that is the key to hormone balance especially for women in the in the reproductive stages of life mm-hmm. we want our hormones that ebb and flow mm-hmm. to be happening as it should every cycle
1: It's so interesting that you share that about cortisol, because I remember when I worked with a provider at one point to get my cortisol checked, I expected it. Like you said, some people expect it to just be like through the roof. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a pretty stressed, like, you know, high energy person. Like, I'm for sure going to have it be super high. And it came back and it was almost a flat line. Like the curve like was hardly existent and it was so Mm -hmm. low. And I was like, oh, good. I'm not stressed. You know, I thought it was a good thing. (laughs) And they were like, no, that means your adrenals are like tapped. I was like, oh, okay, So that was... Eye-opening for me, (laughs) but it's yeah, yeah, it's wild when you start digging into like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be doing, and this is what it is doing. Okay, this explains a lot. I should
2: mention that the adrenals are pretty resilient, and when they're tapped, they're not tapped forever. I Mm -hmm. mean, they can come back. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just that we don't always do the thing. We're not always aware of this, Mm -hmm. and it's this is where testing first becoming aware of your symptoms and realizing hey there are symptoms of hormonal imbalance just mm-hmm. like there are symptoms of breast cancer mm-hmm. you know we need to be aware of these and then we can take steps to actually test and find out what's going on
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely okay so something else i wanted to ask you about is some of the common habits that we as women do that could actually be contributing to hormone imbalance like maybe some things that or some root causes that we may not be thinking of. You know, I think a lot of times we assume like oh my hormones just must be off because I'm not eating well and I'm sure that can be a part of it, but what are some of the common habits we we tend to do or have that could actually be contributing to hormonal imbalance? Well, I think one of
2: the you know, I've gotten in trouble before with uh, with people who are strictly vegetarian or plant-based, mm-hmm. but one of the most important things about producing about normal, naturally occurring hormone production in the body is that we provide our body with enough protein and good fats, which Mm -hmm. are the, you know, the major building blocks of hormones. And, you know, actually, when you think about it, the the hormones are called their steroid hormones, steroid, cholesterol. Cholesterol is actually the backbone Mm -hmm. of all hormone production. So we need good fats in our diet and we need good protein. And, what i found with many plant based eaters they're not always aware of how to combine proteins properly you know if you if you're eating incomplete proteins you need to learn how to combine them like beans with rice or the, so so the education there is eat plant based it's a great way to go but make sure you're getting enough of the you know of those things that have that are plant based proteins and there are you know, there are a lot of great choices. There's chia grains and hemp seeds and nuts and rice and beans and avocado and eggs. And, you know, there's, well, eggs isn't plant-based, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I think educating yourself on that score is really important because the body makes 11 amino acids, but there are nine others that we have to get from proteins in our food. Mm -hmm. So having a good smoothie is great you know finding nut butters nut butters have have um, protein almonds have an astounding amount of protein it's just really fun when you start looking at what are the protein based foods mm-hmm. and good fats too because you really have to be conscious about that am i getting enough good fats like when you have a smoothie put a spoonful of, of organic almond butter in there
1: mm-hmm.
2: or you know or some omega3s and some coconut oil some way to get those fats in the mm-hmm. good fats because you it's not just down to salad at night mm-hmm. I think in, so I think restrictive eating put that in a nutshell restrictive eating mm-hmm. where you're restricting so many foods intermittent fasting can be a wonderful thing or it can be not so good Mm -hmm. for people who have adrenal issues Mm -hmm. and that's an important reason to test for adrenal function because if your adrenals are really down like you were describing you you don't want to be intermittent fasting for 14 to 16 hours where your adrenals are crying out for some fuel. Mm -hmm. You know, their job is to fuel the body and we need to provide nutrient-dense foods. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's where we need to become more aware. I think also women who are desperate to lose weight or even younger women who are desperate to lose even five pounds, you know, it's all very relative how you fit into your clothes and how you look. And some women are just working out like crazy. And we know that that, can be a real problem mm-hmm. for ovulation. I was on a podcast with Gabby Reese, who was a professional volleyball player, and she was talking about when she was in training, half of the women that she was in training with didn't get their periods. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, overtraining is a real problem. Mm-hmm. It it disrupts ovulation and overtraining can be that five, six days a week of you know, spinning or cardio high intensity workouts. And that is an area where we think we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you said what are the things we may not be aware of? That's one of them, the overtraining. So we always we always suggest high intensity, two, three days a week, but in that balanced low intensity kind of exercise where you where you're allowed to deep breathe mm-hmm. and stretch. The yoga, the Pilates, the swimming you know, the things that don't, that help you release tension from the muscle, but Mm -hmm. don't, and that relax you. So a good balance of that is really important because most women I see who are overtraining have out of whack cortisol levels Mm -hmm. and they're still, they're not losing weight because in fact, the body will hold on to Mm -hmm. fat. That's a stressor, a very acute stressor. Mm -hmm. There's also lack of sleep. And I know some people don't sleep well, but some people don't sleep well because they're staying up you know, they're kind of borrowing from the nighttime to get their work done. And they're mm-hmm. on their computers late at night, or mm-hmm. they're playing words with friends on their cell phone. <laughs> I was going to ask, yep. <laughs> About
1: blue light and all on, that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that just is, you know, that's that was recent information a year or two ago. But now everybody's rolling their eyes. Okay, I get it. I get it. I need mm-hmm. to wear blue blocking glasses. But mm-hmm. you really do. Mm-hmm. And you need to find out what the good blue blocking glasses are. I like to go to Wirecutter. The New York Times has mm-hmm. a You know, a a, a curating site that helps you find the best of these. But this is so important. And just like turning off the cell phone, turning off the computer, trying to get to that place where you do that at least an hour, Mm -hmm. maybe two before bed, which would be super. And just, you know, putting the lights low and, and getting into sleep mode that Mm -hmm. that also includes besides not being on the computer it it also includes things like you know not doing vigorous workouts at night Mm -hmm. there's so many things that we do maybe on the late end of the day which should be would be better done on the early end of the day Mm -hmm. and so I think those are some of the things restricting foods too much exercise you know extremes Mm -hmm. of exercise thinking that you know you don't really need all that much sleep because you're too busy and and not Mm -hmm. getting enough sleep and then not time to just do the things that relax you and bring you joy. And there are many people I think nowadays that don't really know how to relax. Mm -hmm. I talk to people all the time. They'll say, make a list of the 10 things you love to do most in all the world. That's an easy list to make. But when you go back through that list and check off, well, when is the last time I went Mm -hmm. camping? When is the last time I sang in the shower? Mm -hmm. When is the last time I did a sketch or, Mm -hmm. you know, walked my dog in the woods Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be that brings you some kind of you know some kind of stillness Mm -hmm. is is really we're we're suffering from outdoor deprivation disorder people don't Mm -hmm. get out in the sun and air enough we're Mm -hmm. all inside in front of our computers I mean obviously you know they said sitting is the new smoking but all of these things are quite are are very relevant Mm -hmm. to the things we do that we're not and I think most people know we know that when we get up in the morning and have coffee and a croissant And then don't eat again until three in the afternoon and we're crashing and then we're starving and we're crabby and hangry and all. We know Mm -hmm. what we're doing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a matter of saying, you know, I think the education begins with realizing what these symptoms of hormonal imbalance are and and realizing you don't have to suffer in those ways. You do not have to be a Jekyll and Hyde PMS woman scaring your family. (laughs) That's not that's doesn't go with the territory.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And it's, I think it's really empowering to hear that too, to know like it doesn't have to be this way and you actually have the power to change it. But to, I I think so many of us didn't grow up learning this in school. So we think like, well, I don't understand my own body, you know? So we just think there's something wrong with us. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's not where the story ends. Have you been wanting to make the switch to cleaner living and clean beauty, but feeling really overwhelmed on where to start and how to sift through all the different options out there? Friend, I get it. I have been there. When I first started my clean living journey, I was so overwhelmed and I was having such a hard time in one area in particular. I was having a really hard time finding beauty products that were clean, safe, toxin-free, but also really worked because the tricky part was I wanted to use clean products, but every time I would try clean makeup or clean shampoo or clean skincare, it just seemed like they didn't work as well as my old toxic favorites and I found myself always wanting to go back to the more conventional stuff because it actually worked. My makeup stayed all day, my skincare was working well, so I was having a really hard time in this area until I discovered Crunchy. Crunchy is a high-performing, clean beauty brand that honestly performs just as well, if not better, than my old toxic favorites. Not only that, but they are eco-friendly, they're plastic positive, which means they take more plastic out of the environment than they put in, and they're also Leaping Bunny certified and cruelty-free as well as vegan. So if you've been looking for a clean option for makeup and skincare, for clean beauty, but you just need something that works well, and that doesn't harm the environment, and that doesn't harm animals, crunchy is the place to be i highly recommend starting with the primer and foundation when it comes to makeup or the cleansing bar and the clarolite when it comes to the skincare and if you use my link you can get ten dollars off your first order so just go to crunchy.com slash jordan and the ten dollars off will apply on the last page of checkout to your first order or you can just tap the link in the show notes on this episode to shop with that link and get the ten dollars off applied to your first order
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
1: With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The Game Changer? Upgrading to high-quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she thrivemarket.com slash she. Speaking of that, especially now kind of having a better understanding of, of some of the habits and, and behaviors that can actually contribute to hormone imbalance. I want to kind of flip that on its head and ask, what would you say are the top non-negotiable habits that are helpful to incorporate into everyday life in order to maintain optimal or healthy hormones?
2: Well, I guess it'd be the reverse of what, I mean, of the opposite end of what I was just talking mm-hmm. about. But I mean, I think, I think it's really important to you know actually, my my daughter, Jess, who many people consult with, has a sexy six formula for getting all the foods in that you need to get in every day. Mm-hmm. It's undereating is is a non-negotiable. That's there are too many people that are not eating enough food. Mm-hmm. So literally undereating so that they're not fueling their body and their adrenals are you know suffering, they're they're going wanting. We're not making. The hormones that we need to make. So avoid under eating, make sure that you're not skipping breakfast or skipping the good proteins or mm-hmm. the good fats or the good fiber in your diet that makes you feel full or the vegetables like cruciferous vegetables, I think is a non-negotiable because cruciferous vegetables, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, kale, Those in particular have not only glutathione in them, which is a super antioxidant, but also they have an enzyme in them that together with glutathione helps to clear the system of excess estrogens. Hmm. And that's hugely important. You know, We we, and another non-negotiable for clearing the excess hormones in our system that we pick up from the environment is that we have to avoid chemicals in the environment. So Mm -hmm. avoiding... You know, when you go to the grocery store and you're buying your meat, if you're a meat eater or you you still eat meat or dairy, it absolutely has to be hormone free. So you're mm-hmm. looking at the label that says these and these animals were raised without hormones, mm-hmm. or the you know the, there are no artificial hormones in this product, or no rBST in this milk. And we have so many choices now. We have nut milks and grain mil- oat milks, and there are so many. And we have grass fed grass-fed beef and we have bison and we have every choice in the world that provides food that is organic and not injected with hormones mm-hmm. but this has been a huge problem over time mm-hmm. and we can i, I think you might want to talk about those chemicals that create these over oversupply of synthetic hormones in the body because it's not only the food injected with hormones mm-hmm. it's also that's mm-hmm. factory farm so avoid that find mm-hmm. your neighborhood farmer mm-hmm. but also the cosmetics mm-hmm. and the makeup mm-hmm. and the hair products that have 52 ingredients that all have XYZ's mm-hmm. in them and you can't pronounce them mm-hmm. avoid those because they carry chemicals that mimic estrogens are and those called xenoestrogens
1: estrogens or did i make that those up?
2: are called xeno okay. xeno means foreign okay or, un- or unnatural so the xenoestrogens estrogens are chemicals in the environment that don't ask me why, but they have an ability once absorbed into the system of actually acting like an estrogen and they can latch on or bind to the cell, the receptor side of a cell that Mm -hmm. accepts an estrogen and actually block a naturally occurring estrogen from getting in there and instead overstimulate the cell and create all kinds of havoc. And there are many, many things that that are estrogen mimickers. I always tell people go to ewg.org, Environmental Working Group. Mm-hmm. They are alerting people to all the different chem- all the different products. They even have something called Skin Deep, where you mm-hmm. can check out your makeup. Yep you know, is it toxic? How, how many xenoestrogens are in it? Mm-hmm. And that's tricky because the Cosmetic Safety Act was passed wow. in 1938. It's 80 years old and it hasn't been updated.
1: Yeah. I think they only so have like numbers. Haven't they only evaluated like 13 ingredients or something? Like it hasn't been updated yeah. In, since. Yeah. It's insane. You guys, for so those like listening, 14, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that for those listening, I do like a ton of just education on clean beauty and especially because that's like what oh, we're putting good. on our hair and bodies and everything. And just for those listening, like this is why, this is why, okay, you go, go on, continue. I just had to interject. Well, I was going <laughs> to say that I think it's
2: a scandal. I mm-hmm. mean, there are undisclosed ingredients in a lot of these cosmetics and some of them, I mean, I see estrogen dominance in people that shouldn't be that estrogen dominant. Mm-hmm. They're you know, they're not overweight, they're avoid they're not using synthetics, they're avoiding hormone hormones mm-hmm. in their food, and yet they're getting it and in the end of the day we figure out that it's something in an anti-aging product they've been using mm-hmm. that maybe has hormone traces in it that don't need to be disclosed. And mm-hmm. in fact, the beauty industry does not even have to report on adverse you know, on, on reports of adverse um, events. They don't have to let mm-hmm. anybody know about that. So yeah. and isn't women- it true that
1: the FDA also like they don't really regulate a whole lot in this generally, but I was also learning recently that they don't necessarily have like the authority to recall a product. If people are having problems as a result of it, they can send like a letter to the brand and say like, "Hey, we've had you know concerns about this." But that's like literally all they can do. They can't come in and be like, "Hey, this product is toxic and causing tons of problems and remove it from the market." Nope.
2: Yeah. No, they're not, and that's why it's it's. And if you're doing work on this too, you know, maybe you have some brands you can tell people about. But Mm -hmm. I know that Beauty Counter uh, has. You know, they're activists. They're yeah. up on Capitol Hill lobbying for safer beauty products. Mm-hmm. So you want to support things like that, you know, products like that, Thrive Cosmetics, et cetera. When you think about the tons of goo and gum, you know, mm-hmm. gunk. what do we call it? Goop mm-hmm. that we're putting on our bodies every day. Our skin being the largest absorptive organ in our, you know, teeming with receptor sites mm-hmm. of, for hormones. And we're mm-hmm. putting all this stuff on our bodies and not knowing where it's going or how it's being absorbed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the non-negotiables really are making sure that you're not restricting too many of the key foods, the fats, fiber, greens, and proteins that that we have to have that our bodies have to have that you're not over you know that you're getting in balanced exercise that you're getting enough sleep and taking steps to get enough sleep if Mm -hmm. you're doing things that are disrupting that sleep and thinking about your ovulation you know that the fact that younger women all up until you know our mid-40s or so when hormones start to fluctuate and become mm-hmm. more erratic but up until then hopefully we're having sort of normal cycles with a regular production of estrogen in the follicular phase progesterone mm-hmm. in the ovulatory phase and all of those you know that we're not disrupting and throwing a monkey wrench in the works mm-hmm. so that we're suffering from symptoms we don't really need to suffer from and many mm-hmm. of the things i've talked about do disrupt ovulation Mm -hmm. and that's key Mm -hmm. that that's really important
1: yeah absolutely oh man this has been so good i have like so many other specific questions but i feel like you covered them so well already but i know that you mentioned exercise and i want to know like can you i know you mentioned yoga and pilates but can we talk about how we can optimize our exercise for hormone balance can we ever do hit can we be doing some higher intensity is there better times to do that what's your take on that
2: Yeah, my take on that is that there's something called cycle syncing, which you have probably interviewed Mm -hmm. somebody on. But if you haven't, you definitely Mm -hmm. should talk to Alyssa Vitti. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who who invented the whole idea Mm -hmm. of cycle syncing or came up with it, which I think is absolutely brilliant Mm -hmm. because what she did was... I loved, I loved listening to her because she kind of had a healthy dose of outrage or indigna- mm-hmm. indignation that we all know that most of the studies that are done on mm-hmm. our bodies are done on men mm-hmm. because women have always, I mean, historically women are, they're kind of, we're not studied enough because we mm-hmm. have periods and we get we're pregnant. Complicated. And we're, <laughs> we're complicated. Yeah. So we're following many times, women are following an exercise program that mm-hmm. is best recommended for men and Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with our bodies and our systems. I mean, we have cycles. Mm -hmm. They don't. Mm -hmm. We have menstrual cycles. We have this ebb and flow of hormones that is so important to respect Mm -hmm. and to be aware of. And I think becoming aware of and, versed in cycle thinking and what mm-hmm. that means. What mm-hmm. I'm not sure that every woman knows what their cycles are. You've got the menstrual phase, the ovulatory phase, the f- menstrual, follicular, ovulatory, luteal. Each one of those phases, different things are happening with your hormones. Mm-hmm. So in your men- menstrual phase, when all of the hormones have, you know, when you're when you're basically talking estrogen and progesterone and testosterone are low and you're moving into the you know, this is a letting go period. And and, and, mm-hmm. and it's not the time when you want to be working out like a maniac. Mm-hmm. This is when you want to be, you know, eating warming foods and kind of taking better care of yourself and doing things like yoga and stretching and walking and, you know, things that don't tax the, even the ligaments in your in your uterine cavity. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to be doing that when you're menstruating. And then when you get into the follicular phase where estrogen is rising to grow that egg in the ovary, and then as that process goes, then testosterone starts to, that's when you want to start bringing in, you're going to feel better. You're going to be more on top of your game. You've got, mm-hmm. you're growing and expand, you know, it's a growing and expansion time. So mm-hmm. that's a better time to do high intensity mm-hmm. as is the ovulatory phase. And then when you get into the luteal phase where you're, you know, moving, back this is where if there's a a fertilized egg progesterone and estrogen will be rising progesterone in particular to keep that fertilized Mm. egg happy and and implanted in the womb and Mm. so that's not a time to be doing incredibly vigorous exercise either that's a time for drawing in nesting you know Mm. getting ready for a possible pregnancy and so really it's the it's the follicular phase and the luteal ovulatory phase where high intensity exercise is much better is a much better timing mm-hmm. for us. and the start of our period and the waning of you know the luteal phase and then moving back into the period, again, menstrual phase is time to slow down and and do all those other things that aren't quite as taxing. but mm-hmm. I think in general. It's still important not to have to be doing high intensity every day of the week. Mm-hmm. There should be, you know, and then there's strength training, which is really important for increasing lean muscle, you know, because when we lose lean muscle, fat rushes in to replace it. It's one of the hardest problems with trying to lose weight. Also, metabolically, more, the more lean muscle, the more efficiently we burn calories. So strength training can be really helpful with that. But again, we don't want to overdo it with strength training. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of days a week of strength training, a day or two of yoga and stretches and swimming and that sort of thing, biking, and then the other three or so days can be your spinning or your, mm-hmm. you know, high intensity burst workouts. Mm-hmm. But overall balanced, mm-hmm. high intensity, low intensity and then trying to get familiar with your the different phases of your cycle mm-hmm. and then honoring those. And it's not just about exercise during cycle syncing. It's about, hey, when to ask for a raise, mm-hmm. yeah. when to have an argument, when to have that horribly difficult conversation, mm-hmm. when to, you know, when to have a date night. There's so many things around our cycles, what to eat, what, to, you know, behaviors, lifestyle and exercise. And mm-hmm. it's really fun to get yeah. to get knowledgeable about that.
1: Yeah, it's so fascinating for those who uh, would be want- interested in learning more about that we have a two-part episode with elisa Vitti that i did last year i think we did so i'll have to dig up the uh, numbers of that and we'll drop it in the show notes but i'm glad you referred to that because that was very very helpful but it's been a while since we've had that aired so i know it's well i really admire her yeah i I admire
2: her and i think that she has she has you know created really a revolution in women's Mm -hmm. health and reproductive health in particular and everybody should start with woman code and Mm -hmm. then move on, especially if you're thinking about conscious conception and Mm fertility. She, Alyssa had terrible PCOS and was, Mm -hmm. you know, had terrible acne and weight gain and was worried she was never going to be able to have children. Her Mm -hmm. story is
1: amazing. Yeah, it really is. It's definitely a book I usually recommend. So one last question I wanted to ask you before we wrap up is for those who may be struggling with some of the symptoms that you mentioned of hormonal imbalance, what kind of testing do you recommend or where do you recommend starting to dig deeper into what's going on? Do you recommend like blood testing, thyroid testing? Like, where do you say like, Hey, this is just a helpful starting point. See this type of person, or I know you offer those services too. So where would you recommend starting for someone who's like listening and going, Oh, I have that symptom and that symptom and that symptom. And I need to figure this out. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, you know, I would say first to start with symptom awareness, go to our website and take that symptom quiz. And then if it's, it looks likely that you have an imbalance the testing that I think is best to start with, and of course, I, you know, out front admit that I am a saliva, I'm in the saliva camp. I've been working with salivary testing for how many years? ZRT has tested over 10 million people with saliva and saliva is one of those it used to be used just in the province of scientists, but it's been used for DNA testing. Mm -hmm. It's the gold standard for cortisol testing because we don't want to be sticking ourselves, you know, having a blood draw when Mm -hmm. we're trying to test stress hormones. Mm -hmm. So it's non invasive, it's convenient. It can be collected at the proper times of the day throughout the day into the evening. And it also the reason I like saliva is that test results are showing you not the total hormone levels that you have in the bloodstream as a blood test will do, but it's showing you the levels of hormones that have actually escaped from the bloodstream. There's Mm -hmm. always this two to 4% amount of hormone that is being triggered or summoned, Mm -hmm. you know, so you're working out, you need a little more testosterone, the testosterone, which is bound to its carrier in the bloodstream is now going to say, Oh, we're needed over here. Mm -hmm. So we're going to leave the bloodstream and move into the tissue. And when you capture hormones in salivary tissue, you are capturing hormones that have become unbound. We also call them bioavailable, free, active levels that are much more reflective of what's going on in your body and are much easier to correlate with your symptoms. So I like saliva testing because it's simple. It doesn't hurt. No needles. Doesn't create stress. Mm -hmm. You can choose the right time of month. And then there's I think it's a very good way to begin. I find that going through a, a saliva test result, going through what's the estrogen, the progesterone, the ratio between them, how's your how are your androgens looking and adrenal function. That takes a good 50 minutes to go through and understand what these hormones are doing, how they interact and how they're related to the symptoms you're experiencing. And that's a lot of information for people to take on when they first begin to become aware of the importance of hormonal balance in your life, all your life, you know, Mm -hmm. until you're in your grave, you Mm -hmm. need to be cognizant because women Mm -hmm. used to live to be 50, but now a hundred years ago, now we're living to be 92. Mm -hmm. We got to have replenished, you know, we have to be. So the saliva is a great place to start for people who want to get really into more complex, I I could say into the weeds, but urine testing is very popular now. And we can also do urine testing at CRT. Urine testing looks at the level of hormone that is how your hormones are metabolizing in the body. So, and I'm sure you've interviewed people on this, but when you're testing urine, you're testing the metabolites Mm -hmm. of hormones. So the Mm -hmm. downstream metabolites is your estrogen. Moving down the number two detox pathway that is the one we want to see it moving down versus is it moving down the other pathways that can actually lead to, to toxic storage in the body or recirculation mm-hmm. or even raising your cancer risk. Mm-hmm. So urine testing can be very, very comprehensive and look not only at your levels but at your, the metabolites, the waste product one could say or how efficiently your, your body is dealing with the hormones that it's making or supplementing with. And many people are using urine testing too. And I think the first step should be saliva. Mm-hmm. And then if things aren't resolving and you need to find out more about what's going on, or perhaps you have a breast cancer history in your mm-hmm. family, and you want to make sure of certain aspects of how estrogens are processing and your progesterone, et cetera. And I think uh, urine testing can be very helpful. Blood testing. I'm not such a big fan of because it's, it, you know, it's the standard blood draw. But it's much more looking at hormones that are bound to that protein carrier in the bloodstream. So it's not really looking at hormones on move.
1: Gotcha. So interesting. Okay.
2: Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I I think it's really the main thing is that any of these symptoms we've talked about, and I think there are 144 symptoms that people fill out on our requisition form. So we ask you to fill out all your symptoms and we really try to, you know, correlate what you told us you're experiencing and many people have been experiencing these symptoms for months weeks years you know this this can't go on forever mm-hmm. and i'm and i th- i'm always happy when i'm talking to women that say you know, I know these birth control pills have really screwed up my cycles. I want to get off them and find ways to, you know, naturally Mm -hmm. rebalance. Mm -hmm. Or women in menopause who say, I know I need to replenish, but I'm afraid of using hormones because of the bad news about synthetic hormones. Are there any options for me? But women are really taking matters into their own hands because there's so many people like you interviewing people like me who can you know educate and yeah. put out the information? Um, I consider I like to of,
1: consider myself not an expert, but a knowledge broker. I'm like, let me bring on all the experts and then share all that knowledge
2: <laughs> with everyone that and, needs to know. And I don't even like the term expert because we're all still learning mm-hmm. all the time. And you know, there's there's more and more information. But I I think testing modalities can work together. I, I really kind of don't like it when people start saying, oh, this is the only test. You should only do this test. Mm -hmm. No, there are stages of testing and there are, you know, there are different tests that tell us different things. As far as thyroid goes, we do correlate. Whenever I see estrogen dominance and a lot of weight gain, I will talk to people about the fact that estrogen in excess will inhibit thyroid function. It actually can get in the way of the conversion of T4, the most optimize the the most abundant thyroid hormone, T-thyroxin, which is not active. It has to convert to T3, which -hmm. is the active thyroid level and testing if you're estrogen dominant and you've got lots of symptoms of estrogen dominant and you're desperately trying to lose weight and you Mm -hmm. go to the doctor and you get a normal thyroid test back. Mm -hmm. It's really important to understand that thyroid can be affected by underlying imbalances of estrogen, progesterone, and cortisol, Mm -hmm. adrenals. The adrenals work hand in hand with the thyroid. So before you go and just test thyroid and then possibly either get the answer that oh your thyroid looks fine and you're thinking well then why do I have all these symptoms Mm -hmm. why am I gaining weight and I can't think straight and I have no libido and my hair is falling out Mm -hmm. or or you're told you do have thyroid issues and here let's put you on some thyroid and Mm -hmm. how often do women end up taking thyroid for life. and never getting off of it Mm -hmm. so i always say start with a simple test that looks at the fundamental hormones the Mm -hmm. master female hormones Mm -hmm. the androgens and the cortisols get a grip on that on those levels first before you go straight to the you know to the thyroid thing Mm -hmm. because so many people can resolve thyroid issues once they get those underlying imbalances under control
1: yeah yeah. So helpful. Okay. So for those who are listening and want to learn more from you or would even be interested in working with your with the services that you guys provide, how can they learn more? Where can they find you? And what is your website so that if they want to maybe schedule a phone conversation and some of those things that you had mentioned, they could start by doing that.
2: Yes. We have at yourhomeandbalance.com is the symptom quiz and the packages that we offer. And basically we have a build your own. So we start with the fundamental test kit that I'm talking about with all the hormones that I mentioned, the estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, and the four cortisols, morning through night. Mm-hmm. And then you can build onto that package. You can can have mm-hmm. add on a rebalancing guide because we have a very thorough rebalancing guide that is sort of personalized to what your test results showed. Mm-hmm. You can add on a consult with me. You can add on a consult with My daughter Jess, who is she's our in-house health coach, and she knows a hell of a lot about how to segue off birth control pills. She has knows a hell of a lot about cycle syncing, and she's uh, very much into hormonally balanced meal planning, helping people find ways to eat properly. A lot of people don't even know how to eat Mm -hmm. well. You Mm -hmm. know, they're trying this and that, and they're confused about what to eat. And Jesse can. Put people on a program that really balances their their eating habits with you know meets you where you are. Mm-hmm. If you're a high performing person and you like one of the some a, a movie star I talked to recently said, "When can I eat? I have mm-hmm. to be on the sound stage at five a.m. I don't have any time." So she, it's you. You can book a consult with any of us. The rebalancing guide. All of these things are up to you. You can add on a vitamin D test. You can add on a thyroid test, which we do do in blood spot. Mm -hmm. And um, that's pricking your finger and dropping blood on a card. And that, in that way, we can measure that T4, T3, and, you know, the TPO elements of thyroid, Mm -hmm. unless you can get your, often the standard thyroid test is just TSH. Mm -hmm. So you can measure that. So all of these packages are up there. Also, my daughters have a very active Instagram account, at your hormone balance. So go there. It's fun. It's got, we post every day and there's all kinds of information and education. We are all about education, becoming aware. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, just trying to provide all the information that people ask us about and, and, and help people feel, like, hey, you don't need to suffer. Certainly there are vagaries. Certainly there are fluctuations. Certainly we will have certain symptoms. Nobody's in balance all of the time. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. certainly don't want to be out of balance most of the time. Yeah. And there are certainly things we talked about today, the non-negotiables that we that people can take steps to improve. And believe me, when that happens, how many people have we worked with that say, wow, for the first time I didn't have a heavy period. I didn't mm-hmm. have to crawl under my desk or leave work. Or for the first time, uh, my my family told me that I wasn't, you know, my husband didn't have to leave the house for two weeks while I'm, Mm you know, going through my period. Well, it wouldn't be two weeks, but, you Mm know, people that have said, my family tell me I'm much easier to live with. I Mm -hmm. didn't know it was that bad. Mm -hmm. Or people that have been able to lose weight or people that have actually been able to get their period
1: back or get pregnant. All those Mm -hmm. good things happen. People get to sleeping better, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So, well, thank you for sharing all that you have. It's been so good. You guys check out those resources, yourhormonebalance.com and yourhormonebalance on Instagram. And Candace, oh, it's just been... Oh, go ahead. Were you going to say something?
2: One last thing I forgot to say. The rebalancing guide has not only lifestyle changes, but supplements and nutritional and exercise information because this isn't all about... There are natural bioidentical hormones that some people need to take through their plant-based... And I want to encourage your listeners to go to our site and any package you, you pick will be a $50 discount if you use the code SHE50. Awesome.
1: Awesome, all awesome, right. very generous of you. Well, thank you so much, you guys. If you are uh-huh. looking to try to figure out where to start with all of this, this is a great resource for you. Check out all that they have to offer. Candace, thank you for being here. Thanks for all that you've shared. You've just given us so much value in this last 45 minutes or so, and we are just so thankful. I hope so,
2: absolutely. It's been fun. Thanks, Jordan.
1: I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show.